Hello, and welcome back to Battle Plan, a podcast focused on spiritual warfare. I'm Steve Hemphill. In the last episode, we covered Ethan was only three. Today, we're covering Legba, L-E-G-B-A, Legba. I mentioned in episode 33, uh, Grandma, there are big mad men out there, that Satan is after our children. And this is yet another prime example of that. Just for reference sake, here are a couple of demons named in scripture and the territories the Bible says they are assigned to. Let me start with Colossians 1, verse 16. The last part of the verse says, there are thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Now, this implies territorial responsibility in the unseen world. Lord, I praise you as creator of all the kingdoms, even the unseen ones. I know that some have followed Satan in rebellion against you and no longer obey you. Help me not to follow their rebellious ways. Help me to recognize their schemes and plans against me, Lord, and help me to stay loyal to you in all your commands in my daily walk. In Jesus' name. Now, we're going to discuss um, many demons named in Scripture in a future episode, including their territories that the Bible says each demon was in charge of. But for now, here are just a couple. Um, When the leading citizens who lived in the Tower of Shechem heard what had happened, they ran and hid in the temple of Baal-Barith, Judges 9.46 NLT. So the city of Shechem worshipped the god, little g, Baal-Barith. 1 Samuel 5, 1 and 2 NLT says, After the Philistines captured the Ark of God, they took it from the battleground at Ebenezer to the town of Ashdod. They carried the ark of God into the temple of Dagon and placed it beside an idol of Dagon. Now, this was a common practice in this time period. If you if you conquered another people and you captured some of their holy objects for their God, you would bring them and and give them as an offering to your God in your temple. So the Philistine people worship the God, little g God, Dagon, D-A-G-O-N. And we're going to discuss Dagon more in a future episode and what happened when the Philistines took the ark into the Dagon temple. But in light of this scriptural info, let me keep in mind that in our last um, episode, and Ephraim was only three, it's a prime example of this in our modern world. And remember that we, we reviewed, there was a little girl who was possessed by an evil spirit in Mark 7, 25 and 26. A little boy was attacked by a demon and hurting himself in Matthew 17, 14 and 15 and 18. And another boy was unable to speak and had seizures in Mark 9, 17 and 18. So a demon can possess a little child. And these children were in Christian homes. Now, again, I think Satan is focused on the children from Christian homes. I'm seeing more and more evidence of this as people contact me with their uh, spiritual warfare problems. Uh, Matthew 15, 22, a Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. Uh, Okay, now to Legba. I was recently invited to speak at a men's conference. There were about 200 men there from two states and over 50 churches. I was one of two speakers, and I spoke on spiritual warfare. After it was over, I had a small table in the foyer and went there to greet folks and answer questions. I noticed a tall, kind of shy-acting man uh, slipped up quietly and stood patiently nearby. When I had a short break, he slipped up and introduced himself, asking to speak privately when I was finished. 
Um, then when we got together a few minutes later, he said, well, uh, we have three children and I'm worried about my oldest daughter. Now we homeschool and she's 10 years old now, but she was only seven when her personality suddenly changed for the worse. She started saying things that were mean and ugly, even sinister. Uh, she might say to her brother, I'm going to take a knife and cut you and to her sister, I'm going to burn you or I'm going to make you bleed. She even once said, I'm going to kill you. And we were all shocked at this since she had never talked like this before. You know, where was this coming from? We knew she was repeating it because she, she was hearing it somewhere else because she couldn't come up with this on her own. But she wasn't getting it from school because we homeschool. So we sat her down and began to question her. And it took a lot of time and patience and focused questioning. But she finally admitted she heard those words from Legba. Okay, honey, they said, you know, that's good that you finally told us. Now, who was Legba? And again, it took some time, but she finally explained that Legba was the one who came and sat at the foot of her bed every night and watched her while she slept. Obviously, they were shocked and horrified. It was demonic. We didn't know who to tell, they said, or, or even more important, they didn't know what to do. Uh, wouldn't people think they were crazy? Uh, things steadily got worse and worse, and ultimately they became desperate. They felt unqualified to, to remedy this situation and finally decided to share the problem with their preacher with the stipulation that he would tell no one else without their permission. He was very kind and understanding, and he had just read one of my books on spiritual warfare. And so he went over and he prayed with their daughter about this whole situation. Um, and he said, you know, things definitely got a lot better after he came and prayed. And that was about three years ago uh, when she was seven. Uh, but there are still times when we're worried about her. There, there are still problems. And it seems to get worse, badly worse at sometimes. He said, I loved your idea of staking the home, but I just don't have $15 right now. And I said, well, then here, they're free. I handed him a set and said, let me know how this goes. Uh, I thought a lot about this little girl and the situation with Legba on my return trip home that night. You know, children are innocent and trusting and inquisitive. I wondered what the girl thought or said when she saw someone or something at the foot of her bed the first time. You know, how do uh, children usually respond? She might sit up and say, what's your name? And maybe the demon responded in an effort to gain her trust. My name's Legba, honey. What's yours? Uh, you know, I don't know if that's how it happened, but maybe it did. I went on home Sunday afternoon, went to bed early. I was tired after a long weekend, but I woke suddenly in the middle of the night and sat up in bed. This had never happened to me before. I thought I'd been dreaming. And then I realized that I needed to call the little girl's father and get him to ask her three questions. But I was sleepy and tired from the weekend. And so I'd never done this before. But I said, Lord, I'm, I'm really tired. I promise I'll do this tomorrow if you'll just remind me. OK, <laughs> you know, looking back, I can't believe I did that after. But after feeling his uh, release, uh, I lay back and went to sleep again. Next morning when I woke up, I, I didn't remember this at all. Uh, I didn't remember this conversation with God. I, I ate breakfast, went straight to the hospital. I had a friend having surgery and I had a reminder in my phone to remind me of that to go by. I prayed with them and I sat in the waiting room with the family and friends waiting for the report from the doctor. Um, I was there most of the morning and my friend's prognosis turned out to be excellent. So we were all happy and relieved. And so when I finally got home and sat down at my computer, it was about noon. And I'd no sooner sat down than I immediately remembered my dream and, and I felt a sense of urgency to call the father 
and get him to ask the girl those three questions. But but I really couldn't quite remember the three questions. I guess God remembered to remind me about this. And so I reached for a blank piece of paper and I said out loud, I said, okay, Lord, what were those questions again? You know, and they came right to me. Uh, one, did Legba touch her? Two, did Legba give her anything? And three, did Legba introduce her to anyone? So I got the father's number from the minister at that church. And it was a little bit after noon when I dialed the phone. He was walking in to eat lunch at home and picked up on the first ring. And I said, hey, man, I know this may sound crazy, but I had a dream last night. And I said, I think God gave me these three very specific questions you need to ask her. Please get a pen and write them down word for word. And he did. And he said they would ask her immediately. So five minutes later, my phone rang. He was calling back. And, and he said, we ask her the questions just like you instructed. Uh, you know, but Legba never did touch her or give her anything. But when we asked if he introduced her to anyone, she said, well, yes, daddy, all his friends. That's not good. I said, she's talking about other demons. And that's not all the father said. She also said that Legba invited her to go with him sometime to Funland. You know, he, he said, we asked her, what's Funland? And she said, I don't know, Daddy. I never went, but I, I thought, or he made it sound like it was something like an amusement park. And so we asked her, well, honey, do you remember when the, the preacher came over about three years ago and prayed with you about all this? She said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and after that, Legba couldn't talk anymore. He still came every night and sat at the foot of my bed and, and watched me while I slept, but he couldn't speak. Turned out they had apparently bound him in Jesus' name, but did not cast him out in Jesus' name. So the dad said, well, did he ever leave? And she said, yes, yes, he did. One night I realized that since he couldn't talk to me anymore, he was getting mad and was starting to look at my little sister in the other bed. And, and I started to realize he's going to start talking to my sister. And that made me mad. So I sat up and I said, no, leave my sister alone. You need to go now. And that's when he finally left. And notice that the demon left when the little girl got angry and told him to go. And after hearing this additional information, I knew there was one more question. I can't explain how I knew. I just knew. Satan always tries to keep a back door into your life, a way to get in when nothing else will work. I said, write this down. Uh, there's one more question you need to ask her. Is there a magic word or secret way she can always go to Funland if she wants to? He said, I'll call you right back. And he did. He said, we ask her exactly as you instructed. Is there a magic word or secret way you can always go to Funland if you want to? And when we ask her that question, she looked down at the floor for a very long time and shook with fear. We waited patiently. We tried to give her some space, but we were determined to get the answer. And finally, she looked up and said, trembling, she said, yes, daddy, but I'm not allowed to tell you that. Now, why would a 10-year-old girl tell her own parents she was not allowed to tell them something? I, I realized immediately that the demon had threatened her in some specific way. He instructed her that it was a well-guarded secret. If she ever revealed it to anyone, he would do something harmful to either her or her sister or her family. It was the only thing that made sense as, as a threat. I shared this story with a minister friend of mine I knew well, and the next day he he texted me the link to a website dedicated to the worship of Legba. It stated that Legba was a demon in charge of openings, doorways, communication, and tricks. 
It also said that he makes things happen in all sorts of humorous, unexpected, impossible sorts of ways. It informed of his colors, his favorite colors were white and red. It wanted you to decorate his altar in the backyard with red and white candles. It went on to describe specific acts of worship to Legba that involved pennies and chicken sacrifices. Now you tell me, how does a little girl who never gets on the internet know the name of a demon god that there are entire websites with instructions of how to worship? Let me tell you folks, evil is real and evil is after our children. Lord, I praise you as the giver of dreams and solver of problems and lover of little children. Please deliver our children from evil. Help our families and churches to protect our greatest resource, our kids. Protect them by the power of your holy word in Jesus' name. Now, let me give you just a couple of Bible-based thoughts based on this event. Demons can invade a Christian's home. Demons can target innocent children. Demons can communicate with innocent children. Demons can use threats to control children. Demons strategize, leaving away, allowing for their return. Innocent children can effectively command a demon to leave. Demons can have their communication bound through prayer. Lord, deliver us from evil, and more importantly, deliver our children. Give us wisdom and discernment as we nurture and raise them, and let the power of the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus protect us in Jesus' name. So, in light of today's thoughts, let me suggest that part of your personal battle plan might be to watch for imaginary friends of your kids or personality changes in them that uh, uh, that might be indicating a deeper problem. And maybe you, you can pray to bind and gag these unseen evil beings and then by the power and the blood of Jesus to have them removed from your home forever. We're going to look at this even deeper in episode 50 when we discuss Billy. Um, our website again is active-faith.org and want to thank you for helping uh, our ministry. Uh, see you next time on Battle Plan where we're going to discuss an electric miracle. Let me remind you to keep praying because prayer works. God loves you and I love you. Have a great day.